me. They grinned, which I didn't like so much, and then asked me if I thought myself alcoholic and if I really licked it, uh, if I were really licked this time. I had to concede both propositions. They piled on me heaps of evidence to the effect that an alcoholic mentality such as I had exhibited in Washington was a hopeless condition. They cited cases out of their own experience by the dozen. This process snuffed out the last flicker, flicker of conviction that I could do the job myself. Then they outlined the spiritual answer and program of action, which a hundred of them had followed successfully. Though I had been only a nominal churchman, their proposals were not intellectually hard to swallow, but the program of action, though entirely sensible, was pretty drastic. It meant I would have to throw several la lifelong conceptions out of the window. That was not easy. But the moment I had made up my mind to go through with the process, I had the curious feeling that my alcoholic condition was relieved, as in fact it proved to be. How about that, Paul? That'll do. Hello, everybody. Paul Alcohol. Thanks for uh, being here. Yes. Um, it's just like that Nike thing. Just do it. So basically, in the beginning, just follow the suggestions. You don't have to agree with them or not, but just see the results, basically. Yeah. And again, uh, I don't really throw out the lifelong conceptions. I just disregard them for a minute or two. So I do something other than what they direct me to do, basically. And hopefully you're brought into such a condition of being malleable that you would be willing to follow these suggestions that go against your mental logic. So everyone's had the experience of speaking to a newcomer who goes off for 20 minutes about how screwed they are. And basically you go, yeah, you're fucked basically. And go to a meeting and see their logic would never go to that answer. Their logic would be, I've got to get the rent money. I've got to get this. I got to do that. I got to do this. But our answer is go to a meeting. Yeah. Because there's a different, this, the program doesn't go along the normal lines of our mental logic because the disease resides in the mind and our logic is infected with the disease, yes? So we do things contrary to what we think we should do and we get different results. And hopefully after a few weeks, you come to believe that something is doing for you what you can't do for yourself because I saw my trajectory. I had nowhere to go, I, was, I came to in a blackout, sort of like that experience of, you know, parachuting behind enemy lines. I had no idea what was going on, but the other person didn't seem like I had been missing. And uh, I had my last drink that morning, and then life conspired to bring me to an AA meeting 
that night, and I've been going ever since for 30-something years. And what happened was, I went to that first meeting. I went to the second meeting the next day. I probably, I probably went to two meetings the next day. And what occurred was, first of all, I left the woman who saved me's closet, and I got, she helped me rent a room in a residence hotel, which is a place where a lot of foreign students were living, uh, studying English. Yeah, so they stayed at this residence hotel. So my roommate was a German guy. And in this place, they had food every morning, noon, and night. So you'd get fed, you paid weekly, and there I was. Yeah, so I was sober. I first, what I did was I needed to get work. I had painted houses. So luck would have it, I ran into an alcoholic painter. He hired me. He couldn't draw us, he couldn't paint a straight line because he had the shakes. So I started becoming the trim master. And I started bluff my way into that job. Now I'm living in this residence, not kissing anyone's ass to stay somewhere or to get what I need. And I'm work and I have a job. And I'm going to meetings and I'm taking suggestions. And after a few weeks, things were getting better, and I realized that I hadn't drank or used, and I didn't even have a desire to drink or use. And therefore, I had come to believe that a power greater than myself had restored me to sanity concerning the insanity that precedes the first drink. So I had observed the program was working, basically. And then I was ushered into the third step. And it was obvious I had surrendered many times in my life to the police. I had spent two years in a rehab I had been in jail, I had surrendered to drugs, I had surrendered to uh, <laughs> my circumstances, I had prostituted myself seemingly. So I, I wasn't unfamiliar with the idea of making a decision. Usually the police would make the decision for me, but I would go somewhere and <laughs> someone would run my life. So I had, a, I had the spirit of the third step but I never had the, the living spirit of the higher power involved in it. So I made a decision to turn my will and life over to the care of a higher power. And in hindsight, after uh, months, I realized I couldn't give my life over to the care of something else because it was already under the care of alcoholism. Yeah, and alcoholism is a pretty jealous uh, caretaker. It doesn't want me to have any other option other than its care which is pretty damn hostile, you know, so whatever. So this stuff is uh, what happens. And you just, it goes against the thinking that jackpotted you. It goes against your fucking addictive intuition, <laughs> which never, never gets triggered until the, after the police arrive. You know, it, it went against a lot of the conditions I seem to be taking to be normal. And uh, thank God, it was like a huge breath of fresh air. And I was excited because I had gotten struck sober. Something had moved me. Something had taken out that radioactive isotope. So I was stoked about recovery, man. I liked the meetings. I liked to hear the shares. I realized early on uh, I was first going to Narcotics Anonymous and there was a little too much glorification of the drug use. 
So I went to AA because it was basically, you know, who's excited? Who's uh, making, carrying a brown paper bag with a bottle in it romantic, unless you're a writer or something. So basically, I just found more, uh, you know, like straight jacket or just worked AA. So I stayed in AA and I had been in there for years and uh, I'm a product of what happens when you follow the suggestions and those suggestions turn into habits and those habits turn into a change in character and uh, and then the character turns into a new life. Yeah, basically. Uh, and uh, so, you know, people talk about a leap of faith, but to me, believing in your head is the leap of faith. AA is not a leap of faith. You just take some suggestions and it, it, it uh, produces the goods. Yeah, you get changed. If you submit yourself to the program and submit your life, make a decision to turn that over to this higher power, you're going to be changed. Yeah, sufficiently to have not just a daily reprieve from the act of alcoholism, but you're going to have uh, a sense of presence, a God consciousness, satisfaction and contentment, uh, a feeling that you're taken care of to the point it arrives at, which is the problem doesn't exist for you anymore. So, hallelujah. So, yeah. Um, if you're here and you're new, you don't even have to, to comply to anything. Just follow the suggestions, yeah. Sit in the front, listen to the speaker if there's live meetings. See if you can be of help. If they open up a commitment, put your hand up, take it. Yeah, just follow <laughs> and uh, things will change. Yeah, it's just that simple. So, uh, yeah. Now, what we speak of is a conclusion that came uh, through the, the relief of the program, not before it. And the conclusion is that what has defeated me and what could defeat me and what will defeat me if certain conditions change is a foreign activity called, we call it self, yeah? I feel it's more of a sense, and it's a sense of being a doer of a lot of shit I have nothing to do with, a sense of being the thinker when obviously thoughts just show up and then they depart, yeah? I don't see, I, I don't feel like I'm thinking, to tell you the truth. And uh, that self manifests in various ways is what has defeated us. And we do an inventory on that, and then we get an illumination by sharing it with another and the higher power and we start seeing what used to defeat us before it defeats us yeah and we bring that information to step six and seven and then when the sh when we're not making any more new shit we go back and clean up the old shit through eight and nine yeah and then 10 and 11 12 is a way of life to support the transformation or the spiritual awakening and you know, step 10 is you continue to take inventory. And at that point, hopefully there's sort of some positive inventory of, you know, demonstrating or putting down on paper the great changes that have occurred. And you keep 
telling the truth about the appearance of the disease and hopefully bring that appearance to step six and seven. Yeah. And then step 11, you improve one's conscious contact. The suggestion in the beginning is through prayer meditation, but the point is to improve one's conscious contact. The point is not to become a great prayer or a great meditator. If you don't feel like you're a great prayer or you can't sit still, then you can take a walk, you can do service. That will improve your conscious contact. Don't be saddled by two suggestions because those suggestions will open up to many suggestions. And then to the point where you are just being alive is constantly improving your conscious contact. You're awake to being awake. So if the awakeness is the maintenance of your awakeness, it's always available at all times because you're awake. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you're not becoming spirit and you never left spirit and hopefully arriving back, you're a spirit, if you want to call it that. So being aware of being spirit is the highest form of maintenance of being spirit, I would say. Yeah, so... I think a lot of people get stuck in step 11 because I watch people, they're sincere and they're earnest, but they're too excitable. They don't, they're not going to sit down for 20 minutes. They're not going to fucking, you know, so that's not the only, there's not two avenues to arrive at improved conscious contact. Conscious contact is what improves the conscious contact. Yeah, so, yeah. So, and then step 12 for me, is leads you to you know accepting a new agenda which is you know the practice these principles in all your affairs and if you can't limit the affairs and then help people achieve sobriety yeah not help don't you know you may learn that helping people who don't want to achieve sobriety <laughs> may not work too well but help people you know who want to achieve sobriety yeah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and so all the doing of service will lead to being of service, hopefully. Yeah. All the meditation will lead to feeling being feeling you're being meditated by spirit. Yes. Yeah. All the prayer may lead to not needing to say a prayer. You'll more be a prayer. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the real importance is to have a clarification of what is the exact nature of the disease. I'm not saying uh, it's true or not. I'm just giving you my take on it, yeah, with the hopes that it will work with you, yeah, because it sure worked with me. So my take was as soon as I saw self as foreign, I swear to God that nanosecond later, the possibility I can be free from it became available. And I had been enslaved by the possibilities of trying to be free as it for years. I was caught in that net of self can't get out of self. And uh, <laughs> finally, I discovered the dilemma, which is I'm trying to get out of something that I'm not. <laughs> so why not just recognize it as foreign and uh, be clear about its role in things and my role in things and higher powers role in things instead of being super unclear about that shit. Yeah. So, you know, render unto Caesar's what Caesar's. So I noticed in, in AA in recovery and I noticed in my own life, 
I grew into a habit of being grateful for something doing for me what I couldn't do for myself, yeah? I truly felt that something took up the burden of directing Paul's life, a power greater than what Paul seemed to have available. Yeah, I feel that all the time still, that something is doing for us what we can't do for ourselves. But I notice most people don't see that something was doing through us what we would never do by ourselves before we got sober. I don't see that. I, and so we have the ability to recognize something doing for us what we can't do for ourselves, but we still are having a difficult seeing that something was doing through us what we would never have done by ourselves. I just don't see the clarity there. And I believe the parasite disguises itself by promoting itself to us as us, yeah? In other words, the host is identified as the parasite. So all the while the parasite was doing its, its shit through us, we kept calling it ours, yeah? Now that supposedly, quote-unquote, the higher power is doing shit through us, we call it the higher power, yeah? Why do we have clarity about that and no clarity about the lower power, yeah? Because there's not a clarity about the, the true nature of the wrong, which is the act of being identified as self, yeah? So that nature of that wrong disguises itself because the parasite convinces the host that it's the host. That's the, yeah? The higher power is not, is not in that, <laughs> that activity. It just comes through. You want to notice it's it or not? It doesn't fucking matter, really. The parasite has a different agenda. It wants to come through, and yet it's quite hostile, so it has to convince the host that it's the host, or the host would fucking kick off the alcoholism, of course. I mean, if a big bug landed on your arm right now, you'd knock it off in a second. If it landed eight, 80 times, you'd knock it off every time, pretty much. So if you've lived under the tyranny of active alcoholism, you have to admit it's quite hostile, yes, to the host. It is. You're not treated well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how would something that doesn't treat you well be allowed to keep doing that? Unless it had a strategy to convince you that you're it. So you can never entertain being free from it because you're identified as it. So, yeah. You'll never live without the fire. You just try to manage all the fires getting started. Yes, that's not freedom. The freedom is from the bondage of self. It's not freedom with the bondage of self. It's freedom from the bondage of self. <laughs> How can you be free from the bondage of self if you take yourself to be self? <laughs> that's, that's not freedom. Yeah? Or if it is, explain to me how that could be. If the problem is the bondage of self and all my pursuits for freedom are based on coming from self, as self, by self, through self, I would say my search for freedom could be cast as a bondage of self. Yes? I mean, how else? Self and self can't come out of self can't get out of self 
doesn't come from the big book. It comes from people doing exactly that and realizing the futility of it <laughs> through, the, through the program of recovery. They realize self can't get out of self because they were trying super hard to do exactly that. Yeah? And then they finally recognize, hey, I may not be that. And then that's that. Yeah? Then you do an inventory. It's not, how are you going to do a fearless and thorough inventory if it's you? You've got a lot of reasons to hide a lot of shit from yourself. <laughs> you do. Yeah? You do a fearless and thorough inventory. See, Let's say there's an owner of a store. He's had it for 20 years. He realizes he can't do a fearless and thorough inventory of his goods. He's got too much uh, connection with it all. So he brings in an, in an objective assessor, and that assessor takes up, you know, assesses the value and the unvalue of the products. That's the business inventory that they speak about in the book. And then the assessor breaks the news to the owner. Hey, listen, this shit's got to go. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? <laughs> but the owner's not going to do a fearless and thorough inventory. He's been engaged with this shit. There's relationship that got built. Yes? So a fearless, thorough inventory comes from looking at self and how it defeated us. Not how I defeated me, but how self has defeated us. Yes? It's quite different. Yeah? Both of those directions have one thing in common in inventory process, but they're quite different in the approach. Yeah? And the approach is, is, is put out in plain sight on page 64. You tell me if it doesn't say being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. I would say we're in the us category and self is foreign. Yeah, we're now going to look at it at its meaning self's common manifestations. Then we launch out into a course of action and we write an inventory. Resentment is the first topic. Yes. It doesn't say my resentments. It says resentment. Yeah. The dilemma with the resentment is we keep calling it ours. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're constantly, even when we're doing the inventory, we're in the act of being identified as self, yeah? So people come into the inventory with my resentments, my fears, and they leave the inventory with my resentments and my fears. Now they have a lot of self-knowledge about it, but it avails them nothing because they're still in the bondage of self, yes? Yeah. The funny thing is, it makes perfect sense where I'm sitting. <laughs> That's all. And, uh, and I've sat with it for a long, long time, for years and years and years. You would think it would have been confronted by now. Yeah? I would feel that loving power that's in my life would direct me to another answer if this wasn't it. Because it's the one that downloaded the information. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't come to this realization. The realization became, became me, in a way. Yeah. I've just been given a platform to share it, and I hope it works for you. Yeah? Because, uh, you know, you got to get down to the exact nature of the wrongs. Yeah? Is it self? Are they, are they your wrongs, or are they wrongs generated by an occupation of self?
Yeah? It's usually different. It truly is. Yeah. It really is. It boils down to that. Now, everything else gets built on that, but you're either going one way, that I'm the one who's manufacturing all the misery. I'm the one who did everything, which is a misdirection, I feel, in the book some places. Or something took me over and manufactured the misery with my facilities. I would say the second is my experience. Yeah, Something took over the factory that could produce a lot of stuff, and it decided my product line is going to be misery, and I'm going to produce misery through this factory called Paul. And then Paul is going to think it's doing it all, or someone's doing it to him, and he'll just be caught in the maelstrom of selfing, and he'll never see it's his ass from his face. Yeah, <laughs> He'll think his face is his ass. And I'm, the, I'm painting his face all day. The self is making the mask. The self is painting the mask that I wear all day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It resonates. It rings true with me. So there you go. And I mean, I've had the echo of that clangor for 20-something years. Nothing's changed it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, and then you go off and, you know, how, you don't need a rocket scientist to, to explain the suggestions, do you? No. Yeah, it's not like uh, abstract, uh, you know, astral mathematics. There's 12 steps. Yeah, there's 12 basic procedures that have a linear progression that amount to a directed growth to a specific end. Yeah, having a spiritual awakening. Yeah, and that spiritual awakening will be found to be sufficient enough to keep us free from the bondage of self for that day, let's say. Or let's say at least the, the uh, aggravated condition of active alcoholism. Yeah? Yeah. It's not, not difficult. And the suggestions of doing service and recovery and unity make sense, obviously. This is a we event, not a me event. Yes? So you can see it in AA meetings. You're at an AA meeting, you look around, you know everybody, maybe 25 of them you could see as assholes out of the 29 people. Yet the, the 28 or 29 assholes under that supervision of that power produce a sweet bouquet. Yeah? And then you'll hear people share about, oh, when I first came in, I felt so accepted and not judged here. Everyone was fucking judging the person who came in. But because we were together and we were under the banner of AA, there was a love and tolerance that wasn't being initiated by any individual in the group. It was a collectiveness. So the person that never felt safe anywhere else starts feeling safe, but they wouldn't feel safe with only Anyone at that meeting one-on-one, tell you the truth, yeah? The safeness didn't come from me. It came from us with that spirit moving through, that loving presence, you know? Using our group conscious to express itself. Yeah. There's so much evidence, really, yeah?
And if you don't, if you believe the thoughts are private and they're unique only to you, man, that gets, that gets, you know, question after a week or two of going to meetings. I mean, because people uh, share their thoughts and they sure sound like yours. Yeah. And they share their feelings and they sure sound like yours and they share shit that they did in reaction to those thoughts and feelings. And it sure sounds like shit you did. Yeah. So, I mean, there's the commonality. What keeps us from seeing that is the, is the parasite itself. And why do people go out at the fourth step so much? Because the parasite doesn't want us to look at our role in things because its role in things will be seen. Yes? It's just that fucking simple. You're not adverse to taking inventories of other people, are you? You do it in a split second. Yeah? But then when it comes to, it's fucking like, fuck it, you know? Yeah, because something is defending its position. It's not you. Something wants to keep thriving in you, and it's best to have an unexamined life for it to thrive, yes? It doesn't want, it doesn't mind you going over ad nauseum. That's not an examination, yeah? It doesn't want an examined life because you'll see what's going on, yeah? Hopefully with the help of the higher power and answer. Hopefully, yeah? And then self can't get out of self will just ring so fucking true, yeah? If I was young, I'd probably get a tattoo of that, really, yeah? The skin is a little too old now, but I'd probably get a tattoo of self can't get out of self with a picture of me at one self and a picture of me at the other, <laughs> trying to go this way. <laughs> be perfect <laughs> self can't get out of self that's an interesting tattoo yeah <laughs> and then the word let me i'm gonna just keep riffing yeah then the word abandon it says abandon ourselves to this thing now the way i read that sentence is self is other than me so therefore the possibility of abandoning self is available yeah because like i always share where we used to have old beaters and we'd be driving around you know fucking doing risky shit in san francisco and then we'd run off the road and ram into a tree and we'd just walk away from the car yeah we abandoned the car yeah so when the cops came they wouldn't find us so if you're self, you can't abandon self, you'd be there, yeah? But if self is something other than you, you can abandon it, yes? You can. You can walk away. Well, let's say you can be living away, yeah? Away or out of or uh, from underneath the bondage of self. There's a possibility, yeah? So, yeah, all right. Thanks, Paul. And now we've had a little journey, a brief journey through all 12 steps this morning. So are there any questions? Anybody want to raise your little virtual hand? 
and ask Paul. We're available. Are we all well this morning? Dom's got his hand raised, Mickey. Yeah, you and I are the best judges of that. <laughs> oh, here's Alicio. <laughs> Mr. King Baby. All right, I'll go. King Baby. King Baby. Do, do you you know that you know that do you know that term, Paul? Do you know the I term I know boss baby. I don't know king baby. Uh, king baby refers to being a dry drunk, um, where you leave the alcohol, but your thinking is still uh, oh. like an like an infant, like an infant demanding everything. And uh, like uh, instead of king baby, it would be like S E R F surf baby. <laughs> surf baby. Yeah, there you go. Um, Give yourself too much of a lofty credit. King baby. Yeah, I just got here, so I'm. I'm gonna listen. I think Bo Bo has a question. I'm just gonna listen. I had a question, but it can wait. Thank you so much. Okay, Bo's up. Let's just, ask Bo. Demonstrating great progress, King baby. Hi everyone. Hi Paul. Um, a great. What was that? That was a dis demonstration of great progress by King Baby. Having a, a question and leaving it behind. That was very good. Yeah. My humble take. All right. So who is this? Paul, Mike? This is Bo. Oh, oh it's Bo. I'm here we to demonstrate not, as, not so great progress. Given that I have a question, <laughs> hmm? um, well, first I just wanted to introduce myself to everyone. I've I've been to this meeting several times over the past couple of weeks, but just wanted to formally say hello again. Um, and uh, Paul, I really appreciated everything that you were riffing on. It was really hitting home. Um, as it normally does, but in particular because I am working on my fourth step. Um, I had a question about um, how to recognize or distance myself from, from the feeling of a personal me when I'm having an interaction with someone like my mom or my partner or someone that like brings up a lot of that uh, juicy history that makes self seem very saturated. Uh, well, maybe the serenity prayer. Yeah, use some little tricks that allow you to uh, not physically run out of this space, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you find little ways and see that you're being of use or you're holding the space for them. You're not the main star. Yeah, that's always worked. Like with me, I had a thing. Obviously, uh, since I was young, I was uh, 
in a lot of trouble. So my family had a very uh, frozen image of me. And so of uh, being, a, you know, an addict was pretty much of an apt description. <laughs> so, uh, so I never would go to any uh, help, uh, relative things and stuff like that. And then when I got sober, I started to go back and I started to go to my sister's daughter's married uh, weddings. Yeah. And my other brother's daughter weddings. And uh, that event, uh, basically the whole experience of it, I had absolutely nothing to do with it. Yeah. I just show up and their, their mother and their father had died. They had killed themselves, my older brother and my older sister. So when I came to those uh, events, all they saw was their mother and father in me, because physical resemblance, yes? That was my whole job. Yeah, that was it. I just go there, eat the food. They'd go, wow, you look just like my mother or just like daddy, yeah, whatever, dad. And there's, that was the service, yes? Yeah, and I started to realize more and more, uh, I am the scene, I'm not the scene, yeah? I am in a scene, I'm not the scene. <laughs> I'm not the, the end-all, be-all of the circumstance. So I don't know if, if I can try to evoke a feeling of what holding the space feels for me which is just being there, but not being like an intruding, intrusive force, yeah? You're just there, yes? Holding the space for your mother to be as mother as she wants to be, you know, and then you're whatever, yes? And that's not something I ever practice. The program and the effects of recovery led me to that possibility, yes? Yeah, so... Thanks, Paul. That that makes sense. Um, I know that. You don't um, know what your effect on them is. You may know what you believe is their effect on you, but you don't know what your effect on them is. They may be getting a whole lot of your out of your being there. Yeah. Fucking really. Why is it always about feeding my face? You know, there's a lot of times. Like, I go places I don't want to go, but because people want to see me, really. <laughs> Seriously. I don't have interest in it at all, but I go because I was at home. Yeah? And I'm there in, you know, form only and everything, you know, it's cool. Yes? Because you don't know what, how you're going to be used to produce an effect in others. You don't. Yeah? Just like you feel like they, they, they have a freeze frame idea of you, there's a lot of freeze, freeze frames ideas on your side <laughs> of them and you. I remember my mom, I had such an idea about my mother. Oh, she would never want to talk about any of this, this and that, this and that. When I broached this sub subject of sex with my father, she was completely into talking about it, yeah? She didn't enjoy it, shit like that. She was like, and then she had been in that condition for most of the, all the, her whole life. I just was projecting my belief in my her condition on her. Yeah. As soon as that got dropped, I asked her. My mother was completely forthcoming <laughs> about a lot of stuff, 
And I keep seeing that over and over again. It talks about you have to give up those concepts of shit. Those concepts of shit will fall off like old skin if you stay under this influence of recovery, yeah? You'll see your old ideas drop. They're not yours. You'll see old ideas drop, and then you'll meet the same old same with a fresh, a fresh, uh, a fresh eye, you know, a fresh view. Yeah. It's amazing how much recovery there is. Yeah. You recover like the, the gusto of living a moment at a time. You recover so much. Yeah. If you're open to it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, they may be doing, they may be at another meeting talking about seeing you, Bo, and talking and trying to get suggestions. What should I do? Say a prayer, serenity prayer. This guy, Bo, triggers me unbelievably, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like <laughs> they're, in a, they're in an adjoining Zoom in another, in another universe bitching about you, complaining about. I can't take, oh no, I lose it when I see my uh, my son, whatever, what should I, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> this thing is very circular, yes, it's all, yeah. The dilemma with alcoholism is it thrives on self-centeredness, yes, it does. And so whatever, why, it doesn't matter, most of us were extremely self-centered, yes? We were sensitive, but we saw everything as how it pertained to us. We didn't grow into that. We grow, we grow, that, that suit was already tailored, so to speak, yes? Yeah, so, and then that excessive obsession with Paul, the idea of Paul, uh, laid open possibilities for a disease, if you want to call it that, of, of alcoholism to land and thrive, yeah? So the alcoholism amplified the obsession to such an extreme level, it got really fucking uncomfortable, and it motivated us to act out, to get some relief, yeah? And drinking was, you know, was suggested by the head or something, and then drugs, and then that parasite got us to, and it moved us to get its food, you know? What it wants to uh, engorge itself with is acting out, so it has us as the transportation, yes? So, the freedom isn't from alcoholism, it's from the bondage of self, yeah? It's that, is that, is having that interest that seems so naturally placed in the mental preoccupation of Paul be moved because Paul can't move it, yeah? Nor can, nor we found no human power could do it. So we've entered a, a possibility and that possibility works. We lose interest in self, finally. And we gain interest in others, yeah? Yeah. Thanks, Paul. Yeah. Thanks, Bo. I mean, are you this, ready for another? Uh, hold on, Mickey. This operation okay. recovery 
isn't on it, it's on a vertical operating table and you're constantly moving it's not like you're suspended and things you're being worked on yes by an influence greater than self now yeah and we don't need to know because you're going to find out that you've changed yeah and i would say mostly for the better yeah so you the wish that you may have had comes to pass but not by your own hands not by your work and effort but by a surrender and admitting i'm outmatched yeah i can't pull this off yeah when i manage shit, i end up being managed by others i come to some rude assessments sober assessments and i see the beauty of the 12 steps of recovery as they're tailored exactly for types like us yeah yeah and you may want to go into the spiritual annals and read a beautiful description of surrender but there's a lot of surrender in recovery a lot of surrender yeah there's a lot of being exhausted by the dominance of a failed system and finally coming to i'm sick and tired of being sick and tired and then not com coming to an end of the road, but a new road appears. Yeah. We got fucking, finally, the train gets derailed from the old tracks and gets is on a new track. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. You know, sometimes you can read people. You may do a lot for someone else. So you make yourself available, yeah? If someone thinks that I know more than they do and they're going to get some value out of talking with me, I'm going to have them call me, you know? Do I believe that? No. But if they believe it, I don't far out, you know? I learned that early. I could see that when I put myself in a seat and shared, there was an effect on people. All right, use me. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right, yeah, okay, there you go. Put me to use. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yes. All right, Mickey, sorry I jumped back in, but. No, that's all good, Paul. Thanks. And thank you both for uh, your questions. And uh, Dom is in line now. Let me ask Dom to unmute. There we go. All right. Hey, what's happening, y'all? Uh, Paul, what's up? I was, I was able to say uh, hello to a couple of guys that jumped on the Zoom early. Um, yeah, my name is Dominic, and I'm a free-range alcoholic, as Paul says. Um, I crossed paths with you, Paul, uh, probably like five and a half years ago, um, on the coast in Encinitas at this little, really yeah. tiny yoga studio. And, um, at the time, uh, I was just coming back. I was sober for two years and I was just coming back off a six month run and I couldn't explain how it happened. And so I, I just got rid of everything and I was living in LA and I moved back down to Encinitas and I had about two months sober. And my friend called me and he's like, there's this guy, he's giving this talk. It's called the talk of nothing. 
<laughs> let's go to the yoga studio. And I was like, fuck it. All right. I'm not doing anything. And so we sit down and, and you showed up really late because you had horrible traffic. And you're talking just now about, uh, you know, I show up at events where shit, I really, I know you definitely did not want to drive down from LA on like a Saturday or a Friday or whatever it was to come to some small yoga studio to speak to 15 people. <laughs> so, but, uh, sure enough, you showed up and, uh, and, uh, you know, I think, I think my, my friend Bo and I were the only ones that were actually in the program and everyone else was kind of like, you know, spiritually centric or, uh, you know, uh, you know, non-dualists or, you know, focusing on yoga and stuff like that, but intertwined in, in your pitch, I started to hear you drop in lines from the big book and, and, uh, and then, and then you started quoting page 64, which is the beginning of the fourth step. And I was on, I was on the fourth step yet again. And, uh, and this is so funny. I remember, uh, after your pitch, I, I raised my hands I'm a loud mouth. And I was like, I was like, this is what you're saying. Like, let me try to understand this. And I regurgitated my weak understanding of what you were expressing through self, through myself. And I said, Paul, this is going right over my head. And then you're like, good, that's the point. And you started laughing hysterically <laughs> and everybody else started laughing. I'm just like, I don't get it. And so I left that yoga studio and uh, I got your books. And then uh, I started catching on to some of your, your, your speaker tapes and stuff like that, that you posted on YouTube. And um, I started really honing in on the lines that you're quoting in the big book. And, you know, the, the first one that I remember that I started quoting in my own practice, because I became a sponsor shortly after that, about three or four months after that, I got through the steps and I became a sponsor and I started sponsoring. And all of a sudden, you know, I started really outlining what you were telling, what, what your experience was. And I started traveling a lot lighter as a result of that, especially when it's compounded with sponsorship. And uh, one of the lines that you, that you would always say is, uh, it's the first two sentences that they ever wrote in 1939 in the big book. It's, we are, 100, um, we are more than 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly, seemingly hopeless condition of mind and body. And then our main purpose is to show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered. And, um, and there's just, it's, I love what you said, man. This book is just so perfect for people like us. And, and, um, and you know, your, your members I view has offered me so much relief, Paul. I really got to say that, man. Like, um, and, and I share that with all the guys that I've sponsored. And, and obviously this isn't something that's coming from, from Dominic or anything like that, but um, I've, I've been able to successfully sponsor a lot of men in recovery at a very high volume. And um, because my life is, my life's really small, is very small in early recovery as well. And so I focus just on sponsorship and, and living a small little life in Encinitas. And, and um, there's been a lot of people that have experienced a lot of relief from um, just from your perception, your small twist, which is the biggest twist. And it's supposed to go right over my head self-knowledge avails nothing i can't try to be free from the problem as the problem the thinker can't get free from the thinker as the thinker if that's the problem you know and um and one of the other i'll end with this is uh one of the other you, you know you have so many great uh i think it's just so cool that you put so much content on youtube um because when you're speaking there's it's a it's free form you know you know, and there's sometimes certain things come through you that, that's like, you know, your experience. And I've heard this analogy many times, and I love how you speak in analogy form. <laughs> but one of them specifically was this talk that you gave in Redondo probably, I don't know, three years ago. And, uh, 
And the analogy that you, that you gave was the pooper scooper analogy and how like you used to be like kind of a circuit speaker. And now there's all these like guys that are circuit speakers. And if you go to a means around these parts, it's a fairly dense recovery population around here. Uh, everybody wants to quote like Bob D or you know, Earl Hightower or all these other like really big speakers. And they all kind of have like their own little twist on, you know, on recovery. But yours, it goes, it goes right over your head. And that's the point. I can't get free from something I'm not. And so there's no amount of doing that can make me free from what I'm not. And there's just so much relief that I've been able to experience from that. But the pooper scooper analogy is one that me and my sponsors really get a big laugh out of. And um, we just, I just appreciate the hell out of you. And uh, I've been attending these, I've been watching all these on YouTube for a long time, the ones that you post. And so I feel honored to, to jump on here and kind of say hi to all you guys and, and uh, you know, to kind of meet you formally, Paul. So thanks, man. Well, thank you, Dominic. I, I remember you there. Yeah. Yeah. I also remember Highway Five, <laughs> and and the uh, the waves constantly saying, uh, "Crash ahead, <laughs> crash!" It took us four hours to get there. <laughs> the guys who set that up said it was forty-five minutes. I was misled to go to Encinitas <laughs> on a Saturday because <laughs> we had to speak in L.A. that night, so it was like a quick turnaround. <laughs> yeah, nice to meet you. It's, I hope you come back. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. That was the whole point, one of the many points of putting it out there. Yeah. The force of the message will create its own tributaries. Yeah. 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 That's. Yeah. It just has its own life. That's what I love, truly. Yeah. One of the things I love. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Thanks, bro. Nice to see you. Thanks, got, uh, Dominic. Thanks, Paul. And now we have Pam, who claims to be just listening, but I'm going to ask her to unmute and share with us. Hey, Pam. Hi, thanks very much. My name is Pam. Um, Paul, how does, how does Paul or how does Pam know the difference between I and self on a daily basis, but especially when in crisis? Well, just, uh, just hear certain things about uh, Well, in fact, there's only, if you want to use the I as spirit, yes? Then Great. spirit is always, always there sort of like the sky, its nature is to allow a lot of shit to appear in it, yes? So I is always there. And all seeing issues from the I, yeah? So what you recognize was recognized through the I and then claimed, and then it's, then it's presented as a story that you recognized it. The you in that example would be representing self yes a claiming so you have a star of the mental narrative which would be self yeah and the whole story of self is based on i without the awareness of i there'd be no story of self yes yeah so the story of self would be like a cloud 
And even though we may be here for 80 years, the nature is coming and going, yes? You seemingly were born and there's going to be a passing away. So that's of, let's say, the cloud nature. Yet what we're, what we're truly of is of the sky nature, yes? So after a while, if you look at thoughts and you see the sense of my that gets attributed to them, and the my weakens, then you'll, the emphasis will be on the seeing more than the thoughts. When the thoughts are claimed and the my is part of it, then the emphasis is on the thoughts, not the seeing. Yeah. So if, if the sense of my in your life weakens, you'll be coming more out of what we have a sense of as called the pause than be a product of thoughts. Yes. So the sense of you as self is really a product of thought, yeah? The sense of you as I is innate, yeah? It's not based on whatever you think your conditions are, it's the previous conditions of all conditions, yes? So, spirit is spirit is spirit is spirit. There's no becoming or unbecoming, it just is, yeah? The selfing, the idea of selfing is constantly it needs to constantly be reinforced and replenished by obsession over it. Yeah. So the identification as self is reinforced by obsession with self. Yes. Yeah. So the jo- the thoughts have a job, and that job is completed with the my, the my thoughts, because now you believe you're the thinker of all these thoughts, and then you're apt to be caught by the the judging, judgment of good and bad and guilty and whatever. Yes, and then it's just uh, the snowball just fucking, keep, if, it, if it's allowed to roll the, in the direction it wants to roll, it just gets bigger and bigger, yes? Then it's all about you instead of uh, all about I, yeah? See, all about I is the fact. All about you is a story, yes? So, yeah. So I think the my is probably one of the most important. So the sense of commonality, let's say the alcoholism, when I saw that my thoughts weren't mine and the first uh, description of that was alcoholic, they're alcoholic thoughts, yeah? They didn't cover the whole thought system at that time, but they produced a lot of relief when a big chunk of what I thought were my thoughts were seen as alcoholic thoughts, yes? That was expanded on later, but at least there was some relief from my thoughts, because they're not mine, they're alcoholic thoughts, yes? And then a lot of my feelings were also seen as alcoholic feelings, because a lot of other people were sharing about them. And then the behaviors, which was the you know, the story about my old behaviors was the crystallization of primo guilt and shame. <laughs> you know what I mean? I started to see that I was being used for transportation more than doing a lot of shit. Yeah. Yeah. So the feelings about all that intimacy of what's going on supposedly as Paul got a lot of... Uh, uh, there was some space was added in there. It was a little too claustrophobic, yeah? My, 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 my. And then it got a lot of space. And 
what happens in space, things can grow, yeah? You can start expanding, yeah? Yeah. So, the feeling of being, being the doer when there's a noticing of doing, that's what Yes. The awareness of the doing is I. Yeah. The, 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 where the mental state arrives at by claiming the doing is the idea of the doer, which would be what you call self. So yes, yeah. So the self can, the selfing can go on. What there'll be is a loss of interest in it. Yeah. So basically, instead of listening, listening to the whole story of Paul with great devotion, like religious devotion, you'll be hearing it like a radio in the other room, but it won't be determining your day or your actions or shit like that. It'll be more like a narration. Yeah. And a, let's say a critique and, a, and an opinion piece, but it won't be the it won't be generating uh your direction anymore hallelujah <laughs> i hope that helps yeah so yeah you can tell you'll tell it's like a horse probably can know, know the rider by how it's treated yeah so this action figure as the horse will know the jockey you know when it feels it'll be able to tell what's riding it yeah we have enough examples to know the lower power and how it rides us. And so, and I hope we have enough examples now to recognize the, the pattern of the higher power so you can, you know, yeah, it, it becomes clear. Yeah. Don't you think? I feel. Yeah. 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 Selfing is mechanical. The sense of you is is produced, not by you. Yeah, it's not volitional. It's mechanical. So there's nothing to get uh, sh shameful about. You're not doing self. <laughs> it's just mechanically suggested by a mechanical claiming of what's bringing uh, the head into contact with things, which is light. Yeah. So the light gets refracted and then a then a uh it's used to light up a story of shadow so to speak yes yeah yeah could i ask you something you else what? apologies could i ask you when i become aware that self is acting but it's in crisis or in at a time where you need to be engaged in doing something, how do you take the time to stop, to uh, recognize the difference then between I and self in that crisis situation? You already did. So have faith in that. Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. So you don't, it's, the, re, the recognition already occurred. See, what happens then, usually we see where the faith lies. It's usually in the head, not in the, the eye. Yeah. And we're in that process of having that faith that goes to that unreliable system to go to a, a working system. Where our life, if you read page 53 in We Agnostics, Bill W. 
basically says, and I believe faith is one of the forces of this whole event. Let's say there's gravity. What is it? Dark matter, gravity. I would say faith is a force. Yeah. And it says here on page 50, uh, top of 54. So in one way or another, we discovered that faith had been involved all the time. So faith is what's moving us. Yes. And that faith in the mental system is what's producing so much anxiety about what's not happening. That same faith, it was if was put into uh, the infinite, would produce an ease and comfort right now. It's the same energy. Yeah, it's going to manifest by what it is put in. We can't move the faith. We, we submit ourselves to be changed, and that change allows the faith that was in self to be put into the infinite. And then we travel lighter. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Thank you so much. And when you don't have any faith, there's faith in that. People have faith in the thought that says they don't have any faith. There's no way uh, faith isn't before everything. It, it just is. Just like you look at the stock market, it's completely based on faith. If the people who believe in the stock market stop believing it, it would crash. Yes. Yes, it's it's all it's all like that. And Jesus supposedly said it quite a lot. You know, the big healing was, hey, it was done according to your belief or your faith. Your faith is what can move mountains. Yes, it's not your faith. It's faith, really. It's before us. And I'll tell you, uh, faith directed by the mental state can be very powerful and very uh, fucking confining and, you know, contracting and man. And the, the suffering in that contraction can be exquisite. The mental hell that people, uh, it's like being squeezed. Oh, that same faith uh, put in the infinite, there's a huge expansion, yes? You see, you don't see things myopically, yeah? There's a seeing of things myopically, but you don't see things myopically. So you see that which says it's seeing everything as something also from the eye. You see the you. You see the manufacturing of the you. Yeah. yeah. What happens is with the identification as the you, the seeing is forgotten. And now the seeing coming through this mental manufacturing turns into a looking. Now it's you looking. And you're using the looking to find the seeing, which is the blindness to that you are the seeing. Yeah. 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 So, yes. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. What do you think is looking? It's what's seeing. We call it me looking, but that 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 description of seeing is riding on seeing. There's awareness that's being called my awareness, but it's not your awareness. Yeah, it's it's awareness. Yeah. I'm looking, that's, that's just natural seeing, but now it's been turned into a, it's been put into a format called Paul looking. That's the blindness to our nature, is 
we're using what's looking to look for what's looking. Yeah? Instead of realizing we are what's looking. <laughs> yeah. But the who is what makes that insanity seem to be occurring. Yeah? Like a great master said, the greatest mystery is reality wanting to attain reality. Being ourselves reality. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah. All right. Thanks. That was, thank you. Thanks, Pam. Thanks, Paul. If it goes over your head, it's fine. Like Dominic said, you get the spiritual tech, the spiritual subpoena is being served. Yeah. Don't worry. You're in good hands. You'll be appointed a lawyer and you'll go into the court of light. All your seeming transgressions will be null and voided. Yes. You're not that fucking important to be that terrible. <laughs> what I've done is unforgivable. Maybe for you, but it ain't unforgivable. <laughs> there was a book called The Course in Miracles, still is, where he talks about, hey, there are no sins here. There's just mistakes, and all mistakes can be corrected. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say a sin would be a claiming of a mistake as yours. <laughs> I did it. No one's going to convince me otherwise. Mea culpa, mea culpa. <laughs> it's just the bondage of self. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, have you ever had that experience in AA? You're going up and you have this huge, uh, huge amends to make, yeah, that you withheld for 20 years. It's changed. You moved into it from New York to another state not to run into the person or whatever, yes? It's had this huge flow. Finally, you go and meet them and they don't know what you're talking about. They have no fucking idea this huge thing between you and them. The them had nothing. What? I have no, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's insane. Oh, <laughs> it's crazy, man. It is. It's crazy. That's why if you're new and you're into the fourth step, take advantage of that opportunity, the fifth step, to share those secrets that you think are so fucking bad or whatever. Because when they're put into the light, they'll shrink, you know? They're just, yeah, yes. They're, they're like a, a figment in the house of mirrors, you know what I mean? You, you, left with you and the obsession, they've become so huge. You can never let them out. <laughs> I, can't, I can't share this with anyone. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> So yeah, I was I was I found that really helpful when I did the fifth step to release the the kraken of secret secrets, you know. <laughs> Just <laughs> and the person the funny thing is, I swore I was never going to tell anyone. Then I said it and the person yawned, so I had to say it again like in 2 seconds. So I said it twice in like a 30 second interval when I swore I was never going to say it the rest of this life. <laughs> Yeah. And then all that storage unit got repossessed, yes? 
and life put it to good use instead of just dead with no circulation. Yeah. Don't be so selfish to fucking, yeah. You know. Your storage unit could be put to better use than storing sh nothing. Yeah. Put fucking open the windows, do the program, and let some air in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't you feel like when you did, uh, I remember the fifth step was so, uh, it was sort of like a stranger entered and it was actually of me. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a whole lot of me, a whole lot of what I am uh, seemed to show up in the story of Paul. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. And then nine was very potent, yeah, to make amends. Because what's really trying to lock the door of the past aren't the people or anything, it's us, yeah, it's the mental state. Yeah, it wants to store all its bullshit in there and never open a window, yeah. That shit never gets put to use, yeah, it's just dead weight, yeah. You, sh you share the truth in AA, every little bit of what you called absolutely having no value is put to great use, yeah? Yeah, because we're, be we're being directed by, a, by a something that's not saddled with a myopic view, yes? And it's got a win-win and an inclusive thing, not a win-lose and an exclusive. It's not... It enjoys the differences, but it's totally rooted in the commonality, yeah? It's not, I enjoy the differences excluding the commonality, no, yeah. Yeah, so, all right, anyone else? I don't see any other hands, Paul. All right, well, let's end, eh, today. Let me say goodbye to- Time to say hellos? Yeah, I'd like to say hello, goodbye, yes. So, Mickey, you did a great job. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. Yes. If I, if anyone has a trouble turning one's own, making a decision to turn will and life over to care of higher power, then just uh, turn it over to the care of Mickey. Yeah, yeah. She'll be a good example and then move to the higher power. Yeah, so, yeah. All right, we got Carrie. Nice to see you, Carrie. All's well in the world of Carrie. Yes, good. Good, good, good. We got Mike, another Mike there. Nice to see you, Mike. We got uh, Bo. Nice to see you, Bo. Call me anytime, Bo. I completely forget of any, you know, things. So just call me up if you like. We got Owen, 100% Irish. I can almost smell it through the Zoom. Yeah. The smell of earth and potato. Mm. We got Roy. Nice to see you, Roy. I've missed you. You come. Uh, nice to have you come back every once in a while. Yeah. We got Mike, as always. The backbone of uh, Zen Bitch Slap. Maybe like the the lumbar section of the backbone. Yeah. 
Not the cervical, no, the lumbar. We got Jacob. Nice to see you, Jacob. Yes. Stefan on having never left. Always a pleasure. Uh, we got Joseph in France. Nice to see you, Joseph. Always a pleasure. Thank you for your attendance. We got Chris B. Floating around somewhere. He's outside, which is good. We got Joe S. He's outside also. Nice to see you, Joe. We got Tommy. He's got a lighter background today. We got Nan. Hyphen Nanette. Yes. Nice to see you, Nan. We got Vanessa. Yes. She's having a she's having a popsicle. Must be orange, I think. Yes. Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah. Not turmeric. If it was Marin, it may be turmeric. Yeah. Marin County. We got Dominique from Encinitas, a nice place. I like it there. We'll come by we'll come down there again. Yeah. Not on the weekday weekend. We'll take 101. 101's a little better. We got Nina. Yes, not Mina or Tina, but Nina. Nice to see you, Nina. I think you're I think you're gonna be cooking some shit up with Tanya, I think, yes? Alright. Yeah. Kerry from Maine. Nice to see you, Kerry. Yeah. We got, uh, oh, Helen. Helen from Northern England. There she is. Nice to see you, Helen. Yes. Brighter than any spring flower. There's Helen. Blooming away. There you go. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to allow you to deny your head to deny your flowering, Helen. Yes. We're not putting up with that shit anymore. Yes. You're one of many boat bloomings. There'll be tons of bloomings. Yeah, remember, you're not the gardener. Stop cutting it. <laughs> we love you, Pen. We love you, Helen. Yeah. Yeah. Your your sense of emotion comes through the Zoom unbelievably. Really. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I feel your heart pressing against mine. It's very interesting. Yeah, very powerful. All right, we got Pam. There she is. Nice to see you, Pam. I don't know who you are or where you're from, but it's a pleasure. We got Kaiser. I think he's in Minnesota or L.A. or somewhere. We got Connor. Connor is totally established in the recognition of the foreign nature of the mental activity called selfie. Yeah, that's a good divider, I swear, yeah. Talk about, you know, taking care of your side of the street, yeah. Yeah, it's nice to have that on the other side of the street. <laughs> to be clear, yes. So we got uh, Kurt, Kurt from Redondo. Redondo, Encinitas, I love all that area, yeah. Nice to see you, Kurt. We got Leah. Leah's on the move. Yes. So nice to see you, Leah. Leah, I met at a different meeting. I think it was set from Berlin. And then uh, we've, we've been attached at the Zoom hip ever since. Very good. We got John K. Nice to see you, John. I got to read this better. Is this... Uh, 
I can't see this. Hold on. Oh, Elvon? Elvon? Nice to see you, Elvon. I got it right? Oh, that's good. Elvon. Fantastic. Uh, we got, uh, we got uh, King Baby. King Baby. King Baby's B is the throne, bro. Yeah. We got, uh, let's see. Oh, we got Oliver from Berlin. Uh, let's see who else. Susan M. Nice to see her. We got Maggie. Always a pleasure. I think I got a, a, a lovely note from Maggie. I hope so. It was her. We got Rhonda. Rhonda's ready to rumble. There she is. All right. Uh, and that's about it. Let's say, uh, yeah. Nice to meet you all again. I'll see you, uh, for some, I'll see you on Saturday, others Tuesday, Tuesday and Thursday. And uh, we also have a, every Tuesday at 4.30... Available. All right, it's on the website. So thanks, everyone. Thanks for having us. See you. Thanks, yep. Paul. Thank See you, guys. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Cheers again. See you, Owen. Good to see you, bud. Yes, good seeing yeah. you, Owen. <laughs>